by this approach. And that just boggles my mind. It boggles my mind that there are so many companies out there that genuinely believe that they're innovative with their inclusive, innovative with their hiring processes by, quote unquote, believing that they're baking in a DNI approach by being transparent about the salary, being transparent about um, the team size, being transparent about um, how they go about KPIs and OKRs, which don't get me wrong, is definitely more information than most companies do. Being transparent about their tech stack. But there's so much more that companies can be getting excited about sharing it and providing that insight to the organizations. There's so many, there's so, there's so many, there's so many other variables that can be uh, articulated to the talent coming into the hiring, hiring process and coming into the company. There's so much more to give. And if we really want to put the stamp on, you know, being DEI uh, leaders or, or, or folks that care about DEI in our companies, we need to finally bake it into the overall fabrics of the organization and every element of it. And why not find different ways to bake it into the front end of everything that we do? Yes, we have our chief people officers and our chief, di- uh, chief diversity officers out here that are doing phenomenal jobs for the people that we have. But what about the people that are beginning the process of coming into the company? And so let me give you a little bit of an insight around what we really believe when we say we're baking inclusivity, honesty, authenticity into what we tell applicants. If we're going to say that we're inclusive, then let's actually say it and do it and and mean it. Let's not be afraid of the good, bad or the ugly. And frankly, it's not even about that, because when you're thinking about a culture ad, when you're thinking about engaging with with an applicant in a real authentic level. You have to actually tell them what they're getting involved in. Let me give you an example. Leadership decision-making frameworks. If you are a leader within an engineering team and department, you know for a fact if you are facilitated, if you're asked the right questions, if you're probed, if you think, you know your own leadership decision-making frameworks and how you go about making decisions, how you come to decisions, how much information you would like to be put inside of your own man. How much information you don't want to hear. What what type of you know processes and and and, and modes do you have of, of of galvanizing as much information from the team to to kind of give you support to make your decision? You know your own frameworks. You know examples of employees that have not worked with those worked well with those frameworks. You know employees that have worked well with those frameworks. Leadership change management. You know as a leader how you go. If you're, thought, if you're thoughtful, if you, if, you, if you have someone that can facilitate it and think it through, you know from a leadership change management. Change management, this is a huge one. We have been going through a lot of change management over the last few years. That is objectively true. But if you are a leader today, you know for a fact how you go about change management. You know how much information you provide to your employees you know, you know, you know how early you provide that information. You know, you know your pace and your speed and your and your tolerance for change management, right? Departmental change management. You know, you know right now as a leader, the the, the changes that will be coming up over the next six months and how they're going to impact the role that you are hiring for today. You know these variables. DNI efforts. 
You know right now how is DE&I baked into the overall policy, the overall infrastructure of the company, and how that impacts your overall efforts and leadership as a leader today. I'll give you a few more. Holding difficult conversations with leadership. You know and I know, but you know how a new hire, how an employee, how a member of your team can hold and have difficult conversations with you. You know the type of conversations you respond well to. You know the types of conversations you will not respond well to. You know the reasons why. You know examples. You know, you know variables. You know complexities of that. I'll give you one more. Examples of categories that make you uncomfortable as a leader. You know certain things. I'll put myself in the hot seat right now. For me, organization type conversations that involve really intricate processes that scale, I'm uncomfortable to have those conversations, but I'm not uncomfortable to be a part of those conversations. What I mean by that is I'm uncomfortable to leave those conversations because that is not a skill of mine, but I'm definitely excited to learn and be educated. And so the number one, the like frankly, the number one thing that I'm looking for out of a co-founder or a COO or someone that can be involved and beyond brand or be involved involved with engage or be involved with mind stand if someone were to support myself would be someone that really is is great and excited about processes and scale and and efficiencies, and we have that in our in our amazing in our amazing CEO Michael, and I know I have to work well with someone like that. But I know if Michael were giving me the baton to build out and scale the partnerships team or build out and scale the sales team, I know for a fact what that would look like. The type of folks that would work well with me, how I would hold and have difficult conversations with them. I would know examples of things that make me uncomfortable and how I would want them to respond to that uncomfortability, how I will respond to their uncomfortability. Everything that I just named, if, if he, people can really listen to this. Everything that I just named inevitably churns out new hires after six months of being in the company. If you can do a great job of articulating and explaining the truth of those variables, the reasons behind them, the values that, that, that support them, it can make someone feel that much more inclusive, that much more comfortable, that much more a part of the culture, that much more safe psychologically and understood. If you can explain the diversity of the realities that that exist within the the, the, the department, excuse me for the da da does, and and how those and how those differences and diversities can impact this diverse applicant coming in. If you can explain how you will support their diverse communication styles, and you, if you can explain to them your bandwidth and and the you know, overall career mapping initiatives and focuses, if we can just be honest, listen, everyone. If we can just be honest as hiring managers, as leaders, we can create more inclusive cultures, more inclusive um, hiring process. We can create more inclusive new hires. We can, we can get more productivity out of our people. We can drive for change. We can, we can move at scale. And we can do so in a way that behooves the company and behooves the hearts and minds and the spirits of those that we bring into the organization. My name is AJ. I'm the VP of Partnerships here at MindStand Technologies. And everything that I just said was a bit of an ad, if I'm being honest, but more of a detailed 
strategic approach, framework, and mindset, and tangible examples of what MindStand can do as it pertains to Engage, our amazing product that helps talent strategists and TAs and, and uh, heads of talent and, and any company that's looking to hire anyone today. But more importantly, how we can bake DE&I directly into the fabrics and the bones of a company early in the stages. Thank you for listening.